Peace to the planet. Charlemagne the God here, your Uncle Charla, Lenard, whatever you want to call me. I'm just here to bring you a brand new podcast from the Black Effect Podcast Network. With the holidays here, the Breakfast Club is going to be taking a little break, but we've got a little gift for you until we come back with new episodes in January of 2021. So sit back, okay, relax, and take some time for yourself while listening to this new podcast from my loved one, Zuri Hall. Her new podcast, Zuri Hall's Hot Happy Mess, is all about helping you find your magic in the middle of life's messes. Make sure you listen to Zuri Hall's Hot Happy Mess podcast on The Black Effect or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, hello, what is up? Hey y'all, I'm Zuri Hall and oh my goodness, welcome to the first episode ever. First episode ever of Hot Happy Mess. I just want to dive right in. I have to tell you guys a story, um, a story. I don't have any. Any more detail than that outside of me telling it. So I was in the Netherlands on vacation and life just hit me like smack dab in the middle of the face right between the eyes when I was least expecting it. And oh my God, it's how I got where I am today. It's why I am here right now talking to you. Okay. So years ago, my career was taking off. I mean, my TV hosting dreams were coming true. Don't get me wrong. I love, 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 loved these huge career moments. Um, honestly, I live for them. <laughs> Definitely was living for them at the time. Um, and yet, as soon as that temporary high of achievement wore off, I felt so burnt out. I was exhausted. I was emotionally drained. And I was like, what the heck is up? I needed a break so badly. So I hopped on a flight to Europe and got my Eat, Pray, Love on. I was just like... Rom-com energy, sign me up. Something's got to give. I was cycling through canal-lined streets in Amsterdam. I was falling in love with my life, with the freedom that was coming from exploration, the feeling of just enjoying my days at a really slow, leisurely pace. I had nothing to do tomorrow if I didn't want to do it. And then it got real, real, real quick, okay? So I was in the countryside just outside of Amsterdam, and I was taking a stroll, and it was quiet and beautiful, and I was just like, oh my gosh, this is like nothing I've seen or experienced in the States yet. And so as I reached a nearby lake and stopped, just like stopped for a second, and sat down and just took it in, in complete silence by the water. And I was really enjoying this moment and the like crazy view. It was amazing. And I started crying. I started bawling like a little who you know what. And I'm going to tell you why in just a few minutes here. But first, you got to listen to this. Hot Happy Mess. Celebrate your magic in the middle of life's messes. Hot, happy mess. I'm Zuri Hall, and this is Hot, Hot happy, happy Mess. Oh, shoot. <laughs> Ooh, we got a theme song. We are so official. Hey, y'all, I am Zuri Hall, and this is Hot, Happy Mess. Welcome, 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 where we are making the most of the moments we're in and finding and celebrating the magic and all that is hot, happy, and messy in our lives. So this podcast is for mindful, ambitious millennial women who are craving best life minus the burnout. Women who believe that you can make a bomb-ass living while enjoying a bomb-ass life. And sometimes life is just, well, it's ass, and that's okay, too. Because life is about learning to love what is. Our North Star with this community is happy, and it is not an end destination. It is a state of being during the entire journey of our lives. Achieving all of our goals is only worth it, only really feels good if we're happy while we're achieving them. Each episode is going to entertain you, empower you, maybe even educate you a little bit so that you can get rid of the bad stuff and infuse your life with more of the good stuff. So you might be like, um, girl, but who are you, though? First of all, rude, but also I'm Zuri. (laughs) Already said that. But about me, um, you might know me from all of my red carpet interviews, my celebrity sit downs for years on shows on MTV, E! News, and now Access Hollywood. But this show, Hot Happy Mess, is all about the most important VIP of your life. You, okay? 
It's all about you, girl. It's time to own it. Each Monday, come get your hot, happy mess on with me. Tune out the chaos and the confusion of the outside world and just vibe with other women who get it. Now, I know I said mindful, ambitious millennial women earlier, and that's broad. All are welcome, uh, but some context clues uh, that you might really like it here. Uh, If you've ever texted your mom and asked, what time was I born so that you can run your astrology chart and see if the hot dude that you just matched with on Bumble like 13 seconds ago was your future husband? Welcome. You're safe here. (laughs) If you like browsing Zillow, knowing damn well you can't afford that $4 million mansion in Dallas, well then first of all, same, (laughs) but also, you're safe here. If you still passionately debate on which 90s boy bands are the best of the best, as if anybody else except us cares, (laughs) you are amongst friends, also in sync. Don't at me. Don't at me. If you say aesthetic, adulting, or bay unironically, we probably need to start a support group for that, but also welcome. <laughs> Saying all that out loud, I am really a basic bitch. <laughs> okay, so be it. You can look at this space as our never-ending dinner party with heavy pours and juicy off-the-record chat, and you ain't even got to take your shoes off. Now, the whole never-ending thing does sound a bit like a hostage situation, so just to clarify, you are totally free to go But like, don't. So I'm kicking off my first series ever, and this one is all about peace and happiness. We're going to have a bunch of different series as the show continues and evolves on love, dating, relationships. We're going to have series on career. We're going to have Alpha Babe spotlights with inspirational women. Um, But this first one, this is the groundwork. This is what is so important to do to kind of lay the foundation because it's all about happiness peace. None of those other things that we're going to talk about matter if you're not approaching it from a place of happiness, if you don't feel good while you're trying to get it right in those areas of your life, okay? So kumbaya, bitches. This next few episodes, we are going to dive into how to find your happy, how to protect your peace, and how to enjoy best life minus the burnout, okay? So in today's first ever episode, drum roll, please. Okay, well, like I almost said, in today's first ever episode, I am talking about how to be happy. But also, what the heck do I know? Don't answer that. Just stick with me here. Today, I am going one-on-one with the amazing Nedra Glover-Tawab about how to find our happy, get to a state of being happy, always, or most times, instead of constantly chasing it. Nedra is a licensed therapist. She's a sought-after relationship expert. She has a very popular Instagram account for good reason, where she shares resources and tools on how to create healthy relationships and implement boundaries. Then we are going to call up my girls, my day ones, my real-life best friends for a little group chat action. They are going to confess when they first realized that they weren't happy and reveal the steps they took to fix it. Make sure you stay tuned until the end of this episode for this week party trick, we've got three instant mood boosters, three happiness hacks, if you will, for when you need a quick fix to just infuse your day with a little more juice, okay? Just a little something, something extra. So before I finish my story, I promise it's coming, I just want to make one thing clear as we go on this, this journey together, as we step into this circle of trust, okay? I got to confess a couple of things. So here's the thing. Yes, I am generally happy. Yes, I feel hot on any random day of the week. 50% of the time, maybe? Guesstimate? I don't really know. And also, I am not a mess, okay? Not a total one, at least. And I honestly would be doing you a disservice to pretend that I am. The truth is, I work really hard really hard to keep shit together. And I have done really well at it. And that is not a humble brag. That is full disclosure so that you really believe me when I say, no matter what it looks like from the outside, no matter what it may seem like, and this goes for everyone, all of us looking at everyone else's lives, I still have messy moments. I have chapters that are a total mess. I have life moments that have banged me up to the point that I thought they broke me. Snot-nosed, sobs from the gut in the middle of dark, dark nights when I stopped asking God if he'd left me because I was almost completely sure he had. Spoiler alert, he had not. So that's That's the heavy mess of it. But sometimes mess is as low-key and minor as being in the middle of a fancy 
red carpet, you know, <laughs> and at the end of the day, no matter what it looks like from the outside, I still forgot to pay my Verizon bill. So they cut my shit off mid interview and now I can't catch an Uber home. Highs and lows, folks. Highs and lows. I'm a Gemini. Expect a lot of it. So no matter how hot or happy my life may seem, I want you to know, my friend, my sister, that there is a consistent enough mess in the middle of all that. And instead of why did this happen to me, I'm learning to ask, what is this here to teach me? I am committing to finding the magic in the middle of my life's messes and really trying to embrace each moment as it comes and accept each moment and myself exactly as we are. And I want you to join me on that journey because in my humble opinion, that's the key to it all. That's it. All we've got is now. We got to make the most of it. Okay. So back to my story, as promised, not a few minutes later, but we got there. (laughs) All right. Picture it. Amsterdam, the summer of 69. Just kidding. It was like 2015 or something. I was sitting down by this lake in complete silence, and I was just enjoying the moment, soaking up the sick view. The birds are chirping. The grass is green. The water is calm. The sun is setting gently over the Dutch abyss. (laughs) Is that even the right word to use in this moment? I don't know. But I cried. And I cried And I cried. And again, it was not just because I'm a bad swimmer and the water was super close for comfort. It was because the overwhelming sense of peace that I was experiencing in that moment felt so foreign. And I remember thinking, why should a feeling this great, this good be so rare? I was crying because I was mourning my own lack of peace in my everyday life. Like I said, I was hosting a daily music countdown show on a popular cable music channel. I was guest hosting shows that I remember watching from my one-bedroom tiny box of an apartment in Ohio and being like, man, one day I want to be on that show. I was on it now. You know, I was co-hosting with legends. I had just co-hosted with Joan Rivers, the legend on Fashion Police, a show I grew up watching. And that all was amazing. I genuinely loved all of those moments. But when I wasn't working, I was kind of miserable. And I didn't even know it at the time. I was constantly striving for more. I lacked peace. And I hadn't even realized it until I accidentally stumbled into peace by the water in the Dutch countryside. Rest. Calm. Permission to be still. It was true peace. And I remember thinking to myself, peace should not feel this foreign. It shouldn't feel this foreign. When I got back to New York, because that's where I was living at the time and probably had a lot to do with the state of my mental health or lack thereof, I focused on carving out 15 to 30 minutes every day to just be alone with my thoughts, to breathe slow, try to shut off my brain, which is super hard because my brain is always in overdrive. I am an overthinker, card-carrying member, and just make sure that I had a little bit of time for quiet and calm. And you know what? It helped. Coming back from that vacation refreshed, taking a few minutes to relax and re-energize at work each day, those things helped me present the best version of Zuri that I have to offer. That best version of Zuri is the one that I always want to show up as, which means I had to start showing up for myself. And that's the version of yourself that you deserve to have be admired in your office, in the classroom, or wherever it is that you want to put your best foot forward, whether it's personal, professional, it doesn't matter. If you want to be the best, that's the best. The person, the version of you that is full of peace. You know, we each deserve to find a place of mental calm, unwind. You can practice yoga. You can meditate. Go see that shrink. Book the appointment. You owe it to yourself to save up and plan for that seven-day vacation if you can. And if you can't get away for that long, maybe it's an extended weekend. Hell, maybe it's a lunch break. Maybe it's a Saturday afternoon. Girl, whatever it is, 
Your peace is free and it is priceless. Just try to take a little bit of quiet time each day to reconnect with yourself, to calm down, listen to Hot Happy Mess every Monday. Basically, demand your happy, okay? I promised myself that I was never gonna let peace feel that foreign again. When I was by that water, I dedicated that to my, it was like a vow to myself, okay? I haven't tied the knot yet. I'm not engaged to be married. I'm not vowing to any one person yet, but I'll tell you who I vowed to that day at the water, Zuri, and you deserve the same. So years and years after that first fateful day when I decided to get my life together, it has been a slow process, trust me. I will reveal more as we continue on this journey. Here we are, years later. This is a space for us to keep getting our lives together. Together, okay? Yay, hot, happy mess. Let's go, baby. So next up, as promised, Nedra. Oh my gosh, this was such a fun, 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 informative conversation. Nedra Glover-Tawab, she's a licensed therapist, a super sought-after relationship expert. She runs a very popular Instagram account, at Nedra Tawab. Go follow her, thank me later, where she shares resources and tools on how to create healthy relationships and implement boundaries, which honestly is the key to it all for me. Boundaries for yourself, for the people in your life, Our convo gave me so many aha moments and reminders about how to create a life that is full of peace and joy. And honestly, we just laughed a lot. She is so chill, so down to earth. Here's our conversation. You're going to love it. All right, you guys, I am super excited because the expert who we have on our first ever episode of How to Happy Mess is going to guide us into happiness, or at least she's going to help us get some insight on exactly what we can do uh, to take some small actionable steps towards that. Nedra Glover-Tawab, thank you so much for joining me on the first episode. I'm so happy to be first. I am. I'm just glad you did it. Um, I've been able to check out your Instagram account. A lot of the information and the tools and the tips you provide are just so necessary. And what I love is that it's so relatable. It's it's easy to process and understand. I feel like sometimes people get this idea of what therapy is supposed to look like or what wellness is supposed to look like. And they're overwhelmed by the idea that they're not, you know, far enough along in their journey to do it or to implement it in their everyday lives. So I'm excited to have you here today. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. My my whole goal for Instagram is to normalize therapy, to normalize the tips and roles we have in relationships. And I think so much of it is jargonized. And so we don't understand it. And so it's good to be in a space where you can add things that people can relate to and make things seem very normal. No, absolutely. I want to kick things uh, right off, get into the thick of it. What would you define happiness as? Like, obviously that's a personal question, but then there's also the broad sort of therapist lens. So I'm curious to know what makes Nedra happy? And then how do you define happiness, you know, for all of us? Happiness is joy and peace. And that looks like different things for different people. For me, it's being able to live a life that feels good for me. And that's going to look different for everyone. So we can't determine what makes other people happy. We can only seek to understand our own happiness. And so it's just about curating those things that make you feel good, doing more of it, creating new experiences. That is what happiness is to me. And I think it's the same thing for many other people. And it's changing because we think once we get one thing, we'll be happy. But as you know, once you get it, it's like, okay, I need something else Mm -hmm. to be happy. So (laughs) it's a continuous cycle of figuring that thing out that will make you feel good. When it comes to unhappiness, you know, we have good days, we have bad days. But I think that what's important to recognize is there is a state of unhappiness that one can be in. And Mm -hmm. what I would love for you to talk with our listeners about is when does that shift happen? When do I need to stop ignoring the fact that I'm waking up and I'm still unhappy or this this emotion, this feeling is sort of pervading my everyday existence to where it's like this isn't a bad day this is a a bad phase or a bad chapter and I need to, I need to switch it up. I need to acknowledge that I'm unhappy and do something about it. What are those signs? 
when you get tired of being unhappy, that's the biggest sign. I think so often we feel like we have to be unhappy, kind of like a, you know, a Eeyore kind of mood. Like, this is just how I am. I'm a complainer. I'm, I'm pessimistic. And we know that and we sometimes embrace our depression or we embrace sadness being a part of us because we don't have the hope that anything can be different, but it can be. You don't have to be sad. So I think if you recognize that you're someone who chronically complains or you often feel unhappy or sad, that is a space to act in your power. And what would you recommend as those first steps um, to acting in your power? How do you sort of reclaim that and decide, you know what, not today. This is when the shift begins because that can be scary when you've normalized these negative emotions and you've gotten used to it. And I think especially as women, sometimes we're conditioned to wear it as a badge of honor. Like I'm going through this, I've got the kids, I've got my job. And the idea that I might step outside of all of these other people and things that need me to just serve myself, society has told us is selfish. So, so how do you take those first steps to, to, you know, figuring out what might light you up? Embrace a new narrative. It's so interesting that we take stress as a badge of honor. We take being a martyr, a rescuer, uh, a codependent as a badge of honor. I have to help everybody. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, and you're excited. Right. <laughs> it's like I don't, I don't ever get any sleep. <laughs> it's yeah, like, that's a good thing. Like, this is not a good thing. Right. We have to figure out a way to empower and not to promote those ideas of, well, that's just how it is when you're a mom. You don't get any sleep. Uh, because we recreate that and we emphasize that to new mothers. We emphasize the importance of women having to do certain things in relationships, which make them um, feel more burnout and stressed and sad and depressed and all of these things. So we have to embrace a new narrative that includes rest, that includes seeking joy and not just this is my life and it's painful and I'm overwhelmed. That can't be the narrative anymore. Right. What I'm hearing you say is we have to take responsibility for our happiness. And it's so easy to blame the other person, to blame social media. If these things didn't exist, if this person wasn't this Mm -hmm. way, then I Mm -hmm. would be insert emotion Mm -hmm. here when it's really about, well, how are you choosing to react to that thing, that person and it's mm-hmm. easy to throw it on them because then we don't have to do the hard work. And I am so guilty of it because I'm like, yeah. oh, well, if they were just this or if Instagram were just this. Yeah, I get the question all the time. Like, what do you do uh, when your friends are posting stuff on social media and you don't like it? <laughs> I'm like, unfollow them. Oh, no. <laughs> like, you can't make them change their content. Right, right, like, right. That, like, you don't have to follow um, things that, that cause you displeasure. You don't. And if you don't feel comfortable unfollowing, mute. Right. What would you say to someone who says, Nedra, I want to mute them or I want to unfollow or I'm whatever, but I'm worried about what they'll think. What would you say to someone who is just trapped, essentially, like so many Mm. of us, in the idea of what others think on the quest to happiness, their own happiness? Well, that's why I mentioned muting, because there are some people who will check you for yeah. unfollowing them. <laughs> we, got some, we got some petty people in our lives. Uh, we, we, gotta... we do. And they, they're like, did you unfollow me? It's like, right. oops, by accident. <laughs> exactly. <Oops. laughs> but, but with the muting, again, boundaries. How right. do we say to people that I'm trying to experience a certain, certain thing as I tap into this? And so instead of leaving this platform, I'm trying to navigate how to use it in a way that speaks to me. For those who are, you know, maybe new to the journey of mindfulness, of of presence, of letting things go sometimes, um, I would love if you could just briefly talk about the, the concept of attachment and how that sometimes holding on to something too tightly, even a bad moment in a morning, holding on to that too tightly can sort of permeate the rest of your day. And again, Mm -hmm. this being all about embracing the magic in the middle of the mess. I think that's Mm -hmm. really the key to happiness for me is saying I can have a bad morning, but it's not a bad day. How do you encourage people or what do you hope people keep in mind when it comes to staying in a state of mind that allows you to be 
with joy or peace, even when everything is not perfect. Reminding yourself that a moment is not a minute. A moment is not a day. A moment is not the morning. Right, right, right. (laughs) A moment is a moment. You waste something on your pants. Now let's move on. Yes. Uh, It doesn't mean your whole day is bad because you've wasted something on your pants. Change your pants and and keep going. (laughs) But it doesn't need to be a prediction about the rest of your day. And that's when you get into that, like, this is a bad day. You have predicted the rest of the day. So the day will now rise to meet your expectations of it. So you can have a bad moment without having a bad day, without having a bad morning. So just rephrasing that. So it's not taking over your whole day. Even in the pandemic, we have to remember the things that are going well. And right now, lots of folks are focused on this is bad. This is bad. This is bad. And I saw a post on Instagram uh, by Alex L that said, I am grateful to be alive. Mm, That's a big thing. The biggest. That's a huge thing. So whatever else is going on, it's like you can breathe. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Nedra, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for the conversation, the tools, the tips. If people want to follow you, um, learn more about, you know, what you offer, your services, and also just the amazing energy and vibes you provide on social media, especially, where can they keep up with you? Yes. So I am at Nedra Tawab on Instagram and I have other platforms, but to be honest, I am not a multi-social media person. That, <laughs> so, that might be Instagram. the key to happiness, really. Like, pick a platform <laughs> and that's it. That would make me 10 pick times Pick one happier. platform. Well, we will keep up with you on Instagram then. Nedra, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. We're going to have to have you back. I'm just telling you right now because this is amazing. Okay. So, I'll keep okay. my fingers crossed. We'll be in touch soon. Thank you. Thank you. Hi. Happy. Yes. Hope you loved that conversation with Nedra. Don't forget you can follow her at Nedra Tawab. We're going to have so many amazing experts just like her. And I'm going to try to convince Nedra to come back on because she is so dope. I just, I love that conversation. Next up, it's time for the group chat. The group chat is my signature hot, happy mess segment. This is where, you know, We go to vent, right? You've got your group chat. I've got mine. This is where we go to our girls to just decode weird text messages from whoever we're dating or exes we're trying to avoid. Draft, post, then collectively vote to delete or post petty subtweets. In this segment, when I need backup support or have a tough topic that I want to pick apart with some really smart, really funny women whose opinions or ideas might be a little different from mine, might be a whole lot different from mine, talk shit and just download on whatever is the hottest of messes that week we're taking it to the group chat so this week it is my girls my besties ashley and travasha so you guys today we have the first two people humans ladies awesome best friends um on the group chat Ashley and Travasha. I'm super excited for you to meet them. We go way back. I'm talking my Indianapolis days, my first job out of college. Like people were paying me to do things and I'm still not entirely sure why. Um, But these were my friends that I first met. So just really quickly, Ash, we'll start with you. Travasha, then we'll go to you. So Ashley, just let everybody know who you are, what you love, what you do, how we met. What's up, everyone? I'm Ashley. I am a 30-something newlywed Hailing from the Midwest. Um, I'm actually from the Indianapolis area, which is where, um, as Zuri said, where her and I met. Uh, My husband and I um, picked up everything or dropped everything, I guess you can say, picked up and dropped everything at the same time. And we just uh, moved across the country to Phoenix, Arizona last year, um, which is one of the best decisions we ever made. Um, So I guess that tells you a little bit about me in terms of being (laughs) a little bit of a free spirit. But I'm also like your fun, sophisticated best friend who <laughs> is um, an operations person in healthcare corporate America by day. But by night, I am a free spirit. I'm just fucking out of control. This and one. I'm like that friend that it's like, I mean, if you ask me to like drop everything and go to China tonight, I'm, I'm, I'm with she's the not. shit. <laughs> you guys, so. she's not even joking. We didn't go to China, but we went to Milan and it is an episode <laughs> in and of itself. So we'll talk yes. about that at a later time. Yay! How did we meet, Ashley? 
Okay, so we met. We actually have a mutual friend um, <clears throat> that does a golf outing every year that my mom and I have been helping out for helping out with for years. And he introduced Zuri. I believe you had only been there for a few months. Is that correct, girl? If that, yeah, like maybe two. It felt and you were really a guest there, enough. or yeah, he invited me as a guest, like one of their quote unquote celebrity golfers. Okay. Uh, mind you, I had only been a celebrity in Indiana for three weeks. Uh, and then I met you. Yes. And then I met you there because you were volunteering. Ashley's like super friendly and outgoing. Travasha and Ashley are, honestly. And I remember you were like, oh, hey, what's up? How are you? Whatever. And I was in TV, but it was my first job in TV. And I was actually kind of shy still. Like I'm not a natural, true extrovert. And so I was like, oh my God, there's like someone my age and she's so cute and friendly. And like, I think we're going to be friends. I'm really excited about this. Um, okay. Next up, Travasha T. <laughs> Hello. Uh, Travasha, for those who would like to try and T for those who cannot, I am also a 30 something, but I am a first time mommy and a pandemic mommy. I have a baby that yes. was born right before all the schools were shut down and the whole country. Like just went a crazy. week before yeah. point where your husband, they were, you were not sure if he was going to be able to be in the delivery room, right? Right. So the night like, oh, I went into labor, they were like, Oh, it's so good that like you went into labor tonight because tomorrow, starting tomorrow, you'll only be able to have one person in there. And I was like, yeah. Ooh, that would have sucked. Cause I would have chosen my doula over Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Like Damn, you sorry, baby. Your whole husband out there. So that's interesting in and of itself. And then, um, I also have a, my niece is here visiting with us Yay. for a long while. So we love her, but, um, she's five years old and, and you have a freaking puppy or a dog. Yes, or and we have you just a texted me puppy. and there was a chihuahua in the chat. I was like, <laughs> so where did this dog come from? Okay. So, okay. <laughs> this came Girl, from, just quit. we don't need a backstory on the puppy. Just, you got a dog now. Anyway. So yes, I'm a flight yeah. attendant. <laughs> I love being a flight attendant. Mm -hmm. Um, I've been doing that for like five years. Um, I used to cheer professionally as, and that's how I met Zuri. She slid into my DMS. Um, and I dispute these claims. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't let her fool you. She slid into she the DMs and she was like, can I move in with you? No, I'm just kidding. Okay, she first of all, she didn't do that. I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm just kidding. Trolling. <laughs> I did follow her on Twitter. Yeah. I was just looking for friends. Like it's hard to yes. make friends after college. This should be an episode in and of itself. Like yeah. after you graduate, it's weird to just creep on another woman. Of your how age did you even find me? Like, how did you find me? Honest to God, I couldn't tell you. I cannot remember that. I truly can't. Yeah. And then not too long after that. We, we were roomies. living together. And that was that. Yes. And chaos ensued. Yes. So here we are today on the episode one of Hot Happy Mess, the group chat segment. And I want to talk about happiness because that's what this is all about. It's different for everyone. No two people's journeys look the same. No two people's definitions of happiness look the same. So for me, happiness is... There's a quote that I can't quite get right. I always fuck it up. But but it's when what you do, what you say, what you believe, or something to that effect, are all in agreement, all aligned. So basically, you don't have to show up anywhere different than you show up for yourself because you, you have the integrity. You're operating with the integrity that allows you to be the same person all the time. And the things that you feel quietly are a priority are also the things that you prioritize in your everyday life. So your core value system, like I wake up happy because I'm not doing things that don't serve me anymore, that don't light me up. It doesn't matter if I'm paid. There was a time in my life where I just had to be paid, successful. If it looked hot, if people would think Zuri's killing it, I was happy, I guess, whatever happy meant at that time. 10 years later, I realized I was nowhere near happy. I was kind of miserable. Um, now it's like, do I wake up and I'm excited? If nobody else ever knew that I was going to have the day that I was about to have, would I still be excited to have that day? That's happiness for me. Um, so I want to know what is happiness for you guys. And then I just kind of want to get into the journey of it, how you got there, why you got there. Anybody want to take it? Yeah. So happiness for me is being surrounded by the people that I love, also knowing that those people are happy, being in a beautiful space, 
like I came from Indiana. So coming to a place that's like where I can be free and feel free, enjoy nature, be outside, be active all year round. And also being in a space where I can people, um, that is happiness for me. And I think I used to think it was something else. I used to, I used to feel like it was what society tells us, you know, what happiness is. Um, and I learned, I feel like later, like I, I just learned this a couple of years ago that that's not necessarily what happiness is for me. And I had to create my own. I feel like my happiness is very simple, um, but I've, I've definitely had to create my own happy space and environment. It's been a journey for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Bash, what about you? Years back, if you would have asked me like in my twenties, what happiness looks like, it would have been the cliche, like, Oh, you know, I've got money. I've got this, I've got that. Um, I was playing salon with my five-year-old niece. Um, so it looked a little crazy. The dog was like running around chasing my niece, uh, my daughter crawling while Tyler, my husband's trying to figure out how he's going to give these girls baths while I'm doing this podcast. And so I like that is happiness. Like for me, for so long, I was doing things that made me happy in the moment, like dancing, going to this place, traveling, whatever, but I wasn't happy. But the fact that my life is so chaotic right now, we're going down to one income and we just raised our expenses. Um, Like all in all of tomorrow and the next day and the next month, the next year is like uncertain. And I don't know what we're going to do or how we're going to do it, but I know it's going to get done. And I know that our relationship is stronger. Like this is the closest I've been in a relationship with God like just my entire life. Oh, and learning how to say no, that has helped me. Me being able to say no allowed me to do the things that replenish my spirit so that I can then give back to the people that I, you know, I could get back to. Um, Overall, I don't know if it was like the pandemic that really helped me slow down and get to this happiness or if it was like the postpartum meds or what, but we're good now. (laughs) Well, and I think too, like, I think society also teaches us that being able to take on so many things or work super hard, which tends to mean like taking on extra projects, working super long hours, like, it's, it's almost like society teaches you that you're, oh my gosh, you're so strong and you're able to do so much and you're able to take on so much. So we grow up thinking that like, if we take on all this stuff, like, I don't know, we're going to get a medal for it or something or be recognized. And in all while we are drowning, um, we're trying to make other people happy when at the end of the day, like say you, you quit your job tomorrow, people are going to replace you. Right. the same day, <laughs> like you're, yeah. you're replaceable. Um, and so it's like, it's almost trying to make other people happy. Like you were saying, Z, at the expense of your own peace and happiness, yeah, which so, you yeah, learn yeah. as you get older, it's just not worth it. Right. I, I really feel like the, the switch to happiness happens, like the commitment to happiness, the commitment to being like, I am no longer doing anything that doesn't serve me happens when you reach a breaking point. It's like with anything. That's when someone quits the job that they paid it for the last 10 years. That's when somebody says, screw it. I'm breaking up with the guy who doesn't want the things that I know I've secretly wanted for years. And I hope that he would get on board with it when you just can't do it anymore. And so when it comes to being happy and living in a state of happiness, it normally comes from being so unhappy Mm -hmm. that you had to say, screw it, throw whatever you were doing out of the window and figure out how to do it differently because it was so bad that you just couldn't fake the funk anymore. Um, Do you guys remember what what that chapter was for you, the time in your life, the circumstance where it was like, you know, I am so fucking sad or unhappy or miserable that I don't know what has to change, but something's got to give. And I'm willing to give up who I've been or what I've been or what I've done. Yeah. Like I feel, honestly, I feel like I'm still in that journey, um, through, I'm still in therapy and that's helping and all this stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. but y'all, I had not even found myself. Like I didn't know who I was. And on top of just Mm -hmm. having like normal insecurities, I uh, was um, assaulted in my teens and that was like never Mm -hmm. addressed, never went to talk to anyone, Mm -hmm. just held it in. So 
here I am trying to like now find myself with by covering myself up and I was able to fake the funk forever. People thought I was happy, but I was just happy in the moment doing things. And I was always looking for the next happiness. So I realized it when I was no longer a professional cheerleader, I was not in that realm anymore. And I had become a flight attendant. Every time someone would ask me like about myself, um, I don't, they, they could literally ask like, oh, I like your shirt or, oh, your hair's pretty. And I would find a way to put it in there that I was the Colts cheerleader, that I was a Pacers mm-hmm. like dancer. Did you feel like you identified so closely with that? that was me. Or that was the thing that made people interested? I think it was all you. of the above. Like I did not know who I was. Like I mm. wasn't anything more than that, like to wow. myself. Yeah. Um, and so yeah. I think that's when I started realizing, wow, like I'm really really not happy. It's just like my old yeah. life was my wow. identifier. And, and I and have since been finding, um, my new self. And I, you know, and I started mm-hmm. with therapy, I think, especially in like, yeah. uh, the black community, <laughs> people are afraid of going through yes. therapy and addressing yeah. some of those past issues has helped me create those current boundaries that I need for my own happiness. Um, and for the, my, yeah the happiness of my marriage and all of that stuff. And so, yeah. I want to, we're going to talk about sort of that transition, but to your point, Travasha, of that's the moment that you realized or the phase when you realized, wow, I'm really unhappy. Like there is no end goal. So like me even asking you that, it's not like, and then when did you become happy? Because that's the whole point of it is that doesn't happen. It's a state of mind. There's a commitment to a certain frame of mind. And it's just how you decide to look at life, who you decide you are. And there are ups and downs with that. And every day is not going to be as amazing and shiny and sexy as, you know, some of your best days. So it's not like I figured it out. And now I'm not just a coach cheerleader. I'm this and this and this, and I am happy. (laughs) Like, you yeah. you figure that out and you're happier and you're in a state of knowing who you are and there's peace and happiness with that. But I just hope that people realize there is no end destination. Like there's nothing right. you arrive at. Like if you have a, a, a point in mind, save yourself the time, save yourself the life and just like throw that out of the window because you will waste so much of your life and time trying to arrive at some destination that doesn't exist. It's mm-hmm. just, it's the way you approach the day-to-day of your life. Yeah. That's that's kind of how I feel about it. Absolutely. Ashley, when did you so realize that you were unhappy, that you were like, something's got to give? So I think for me, um, happy has been this line that's going up with peaks and valleys. So I have like three distinct times in my life where I've been so unhappy that I've made changes. And every time I've made the change, it's just added to my life. And then I'll get to a place where I'm like unhappy and I have to make another change. But that's how I see my happiness. And to me, it's just growth, right? It's like you learn something new about yourself and then you take that and you grow on that. And then you find something else new about yourself and then you keep growing. So um, I'll, I'll for sure say there was a time in 2012, I was, I was 27 and um, I, I was in like a, a bad situationship, Lord, I actually was doing, and this is the crazy thing because society teaches you that like, if you have a good job and you're making good money, life should be great. Like what do you have to complain about? Right. Right. So I was really conflicted Mm -hmm. because all of that was true. At the same time, I was really unhappy with myself. I still had confidence issues, situationships for me and past relationships Mm -hmm. really affected my confidence level that same, it was like all these things happened that year, the same year, a male friend, I I was really close to being assaulted and I was threatened to have like Mm. fists in my face. So that beat me down a lot because I didn't see that coming. Um, I also like had a period of like blaming myself for that. So I was Mm -hmm. just trying to process all these things. And I just think it was like God's way of like telling me like, you need to shed people in your life and you need to find out who you are. And I remember um, my mom specifically telling me, like, I was just like, we went to this Pacer game and I got in the car and I was bawling. And she was like, you really need to work on yourself. So that was one time. Ironically, I spent probably about six months really working on myself. I had been to therapy before. I had been diagnosed with chronic anxiety. 
So I already knew that that was part of me. I just had to figure out like what my triggers were. I met my husband the next year. And I say this all the time that had I met him earlier, it would not have worked out. I just Mm -hmm. was not spiritually and mentally prepared for him. So God's timing on that was like huge. Thank thank God. Big Um, to the man. So then we get come around to the year that we went to Spain, Europe for your birthday, Zuri. Um, I felt really stuck. My career has gone well with minor peaks and valleys throughout my, my career. So it's still going well. I have bought my home for myself. Like, again, society is telling me, like, what are you upset about? The check mark. Yeah, like, you're saying that you're supposed to want, and now you should be happy. Exactly. You got the house, you Mm -hmm. had the salary, you had the man at one point. Yeah. And you're beautiful. (laughs) Thank you. But I, again, felt really guilty because I was like, why? I should not like this. My anxiety was super high. And I just had a revelation on that trip. I, that trip for me, as much as it was to celebrate you, was life-changing for me because mm-hmm. we we went on this like four-wheeling trip in the mountains. I realized like I was thinking, it was like two hours. And I was like, the whole time I was like, this is what I should be doing. I should be surrounded by beauty in nature. Yeah. I should feel free. And I am in Indiana feeling like super fucking stuck. I hate it. I, I mean, I literally <laughs> hated it there. Um, I called it my husband, who was my boyfriend at that point, And I was like we are getting the fuck out of Indy. <laughs> um, literally. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. I came, I was coming back to Arizona like three weeks later. And I was like, if I come back here and feel this energy, um, that's it. We're moving. So we made a plan and moved. But in the midst of that, I had, I don't think I've ever been more depressed. Like the transition, you guys was so tough. But it was saying no to people. It was, I had people in my ear like, why would you do that? You have a house, you have a good job. And I'm like, I know, but I, I don't enjoy life right now. <laughs> like I'm mm-hmm. on antidepressant medication. Like I'm on anxiety meds. Like I can't do this. I felt like I was fighting for my life every day. In the midst of that, I also knew I was making a change. It was mm-hmm. just... Going through that is really yeah. hard. I mean, I love it. I love that you did that, Ashley. Mm-hmm. I remember that phase. And I remember, I was like, if anybody would do it, it was you. So that didn't surprise me. I was never like, oh, Ashley's never going to do it. But when you did it, I was like, oh, shit, Ashley's doing yeah. it. Like, that was still a big deal. Like, But so that inspired I. me. So if <laughs> if us turning up and twerking in Ibiza inspired your ass, <laughs> you actually coming back from Ibiza in Milan and being like, I'm going to Arizona, Arizona inspired me because I was like, oh, wait. It was a reminder to me. I've always been that type of person, big risk, big reward. But the older you get the more we tend to start to play it safe. We have more to lose. We have more at Mm -hmm. stake. Um, More people are depending on us. We have lived enough life to know we're not invincible. So we're a little more humble, Mm -hmm. which can be scary because you don't think everything's going to work out because life has shown you shit's not always going to work out. So for you to still do that, I took so much inspiration from that and was like, damn, like she just went for it. For me, it was similar to you, Ashley. Like you and I are both high achievers, high functioning, very career focused in the sense of it is very much a a part of our identity to a certain extent, or at least for those, the twenties, it was like, I took so much pride in what I'd done and what I'd accomplished and what people would think of that because I had been trained to to do that. And so I won't front. It brought me joy. I was proud of it. I was happy. I loved it. And not even in like a, an arrogant stunt way. And it was around the age of 30, because 30 is when I had just gotten out of a Mm -hmm. four to five year relationship. One that I had been thinking about leaving for a long time and probably should have left sooner than I had. And so I, at 30, was living for me for the first time in so long. And having been a people pleaser, having been a high achiever, having been a giver, I was trying to figure out who yeah. I was. I didn't know. I, I came out of that relationship. And when I got into it, I was only like 24 or 25. Mm. And I wasn't, I knew who I was in my early 20s in the sense of, oh, I'm going to kill the game. Mm -hmm. I'm a high achiever. I'm going to check these boxes. I'm going to get these jobs. But I hadn't sat with Zuri single, even in college. I felt like the last 10 years of my life, my 20s, I felt like I was fighting against, I was suppressing, which is such a sad word. I was suppressing who I felt I might be if I had the space to be her. 
so I tried to date and I could feel, I could feel my spirit coming alive. I could feel Zuri starting to kick up dust. And y'all, I'm still afraid of who Zuri might be. We'll get into that. <laughs> yeah, that's so, a whole episode by itself. Out. But I felt it kicking up and then... Uh, men came around and I was attracted to them. I was dating. I was going, whatever. They could sense, oh, this is a virgin. Oh, she's untouched. Oh, she's not dated around. So I was what the world had told me to be, this prized virgin who didn't date a lot. And a guy was going to swoop in. Yes. And he was going to choose me and I should be lucky to be chosen. And the entire time, something in my gut was fighting that. And then my next relationship, the same thing. So anyways, so I got in this rhythm, this pattern of not being happy, but not being unhappy and assuming that this was as good as it could get. So I accepted it and I just learned to be happy in these Mm -hmm. things because I had these guys that treated me right for the most part. And that was that. When I turned 30 and I broke up and I left my current, that relationship because of a lot of stuff that went down, I was single at 30 and I was figuring out who I was for the first time. And I had so much space to do it that I was afraid and terrified in the most exciting and exhilarating way. It is like walking into a fucking candy shop (laughs) and being like, what do you want? The tab is open. (laughs) And so I spent that time figuring out what I wanted. And what was crazy was being free romantically freed me up mentally and emotionally to also be like, wait, this is what it feels like to be happy in my personal romantic life. Am I happy in my professional Mm -hmm. life? Like Mm -hmm. now I'm starting to see what it feels like to step into my own romantically. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, hold up. What job would I choose if I could start fresh and choose a job? What would I wake up and do every morning if I could wake up and do it? And I realized I was, I had gotten to a point where I was so miserable. And we will talk about this in a, a later series about career ambition, about pivoting when you're unhappy, especially in career. I was so unhappy in my job and it was no one's fault, but I had outgrown what I was doing and my core value system got stronger over time. And I credit that to my parents, to my family, to who I am, but it had gotten stronger. And so it was the alarm bells ringing inside of me saying, we can't do this anymore. Not if we want to be who we are. And so all I'd ever been was a high achieving career killer And so to continue to achieve high in this space that I was in and kill my career, I had to be something different suddenly. And because I didn't know who I was, I said, okay, well, Zuri achieves. She figures out what she needs to do to be the best in whatever space she is in. When the question I should have been asking is, do I even want to be in this space? So I started sacrificing who I was to be this high achiever. And at a certain point, I was like, maybe this ain't it. Maybe I'm not just built to achieve and to check the boxes. I was crying every day. I would go out during my 15 second lunch break and sob and then pull it together, go back inside and be who I was suddenly expected to be, to be who I'd always Mm -hmm. been, who was the girl who gets it right and does what she's expected to do. And we can count on her to give whatever we need, not who she is. She'll give what we need. Doesn't matter what she wants. And at a certain point I realized I don't, there is not a job I want. There is not a human I want. There is not a career path I want that is worth trading in who I am and what I stand for. And I was afraid. I thought I was going to lose my job. I really did because I was done. I just woke up one day and I was done. And I was like, I might lose this job tomorrow, but I can't lose myself any more than I've lost Mm -hmm. me. And at that point, I was so afraid. I called my dad. We cried together. And you know, he was so proud of me for that. And he was the one that I was nervous about because he was the one who trained me to be this little soldier to get the job done. Like, you know, and in that moment I realized, holy shit, 
I've had it so wrong. And of course, my dad doesn't care about this shit that I just thought he did. Like, he is so happy. We're crying together because he sees that he did a good job with his daughter. And it wasn't the accolades, the job, the promotions, the trophies that did it. It was him realizing I taught this girl who she is. And it has nothing to do with what she's done. And she sees it now and she gets it. And she's willing to walk away from all this shit. To commit to that, to be that. It's been hard. There is a hard moment because, again, when you put so much of your worth into accomplishment and succeeding and you start to realize, oh, they're operating by a different playbook. So it takes something different to succeed. Mm -hmm. You have to choose at a certain point. Do I want to succeed or do I want to be who I am and who I'm proud about being? And and I I reached that point where I had to decide and I chose to be who I am and who I always want to be because there's nothing I want to be more than I want to be Joe's daughter and Valencia's right. daughter and the 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 sister mm-hmm. of my two brothers. And that girl, that woman at this point is very different from what, you know, a, a chapter in my life was asking of me if I wanted to, you know play by their rules and operate in their space and and be acknowledged for it. And I thank God that I didn't, because the truth is you think you're giving something up, but really you are making space for something new. And then I realized as soon as I did that, the the universe shifted. It's so woo-woo, y'all, I know. But the universe shifted and matched me the same way I walked into work the next day (laughs) and the energy shifted to match my energy. The industry, my industry yes. shifted to match yeah. that industry and suddenly opportunities presented themselves where I could be who I was. And that was not just accepted, it was celebrated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just wasn't ready to see it or brave enough or clear headed enough to, to just step outside of a cage. Cause it's same with the relationships. You will be in a whole cage, convince yourself there's no opening the door. When the truth is, did you try to turn the knob? Right. Did you even try to Preach. open it? I, I shared a lot of my journey, um, last year and I've been a lot, I've been a lot more open about my struggles with anxiety and, um, mm-hmm. intermittent depression and how this move, like really, I mean, I still have anxiety. That's just a part of me. It's just a lot less. Yeah. And I know my triggers. I know how to manage it a lot better. And I don't take medication anymore, which is amazing. But I always, like when I was going through the journey, I was like, I really hope this inspires other people to know that when you believe in, in who you are, you believe in yourself, you have faith, you know, you kind of have the confidence to just take a leap of faith that things will work in your favor. And I'm not saying they're, they're not going to work without like bumps in the road, mm-hmm. but staying true to who you are and believing in yourself and having faith, all of those things together, the universe will come together and it will work in yes. your favor. I really believe that. Mm-hmm. So this was, everyone always talks about the alchemist. alchemist Such a great alchemist. book. Sometimes they make it sound like it's like a basic bitch book for like self-discovery, but I'm like, whatever, then I'm a basic <laughs> bitch because I read it and I was like, I just discovered myself. But you guys, I recommend the alchemist. We'll make sure you guys have in the show notes how you can get, you know, the book or where to buy. But there's a quote, the author is Paolo Coelho. And it says, and when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you to achieve it. Yes. And then there's another quote that says, it's the possibility of having a dream come true that makes life interesting. And it is so true. I didn't realize it at the time because I wasn't that deep in my journey. But looking back, yes. Anytime I have set an intention and just committed to it, it's like the universe is just clearing that path. God is like, all right, well, let me just move him out of your way. All right, well, let me just whatever. I can't wait for the relationship series, (laughs) y'all. Oh my God. So I can just... I'm going to just throw up a Hail Mary because I was like, oh, my God. We've got the website, hothappymess.com. We're going to have a secret Facebook group where you can go to join and, like, exchange notes, ideas, like, resources. Um, And then the Instagram page, at hothappymess. So um, just in closing, there's so much more we could talk about. I'm excited because this is a full series. This is the group chat, so y'all aren't going anywhere. I have, you know, six of my closest friends on this amazing rotation to dive into all of the stuff that we're going to be talking about on this podcast. You'll get my solo commentary. We're going to have experts. If you love Ash, if you love Ash, we're going to get so much more from them. So fear not, um, they will be back and we will be talking about more of this. Just really quickly as like a fun way to close it out, we're going to make a happiness cocktail. And this one's going to be superficial. So we don't have to get too deep. 
what would your happiness cocktail include? What is your happiness cocktail comprised of? I'll take this one because I like to All drink right, Travasha, take it away. I would say first for me, um, I, it'd probably be like three ounces of family. Okay. The, <laughs> the fact that you're giving us yes, ounces. Yes, I love it. Thank you. Um, three ounces okay. of family. Um, Naturally. Yeah, one <laughs> ounce of travel. And then the other three ounces, this is a big drink. Um, the other three ounces <laughs> of um, God and God in my life mm-hmm. and my spirituality, those are huge. Family yes. and God with a splash mm-hmm. of travel. Anytime I'm upset, I just mm-hmm. take a little quick trip. Um, okay. And yeah, that's it. L- okay, that's a, Like perfect. a little maraschino cherry on the top. With a little cherry. <laughs> a little cherry. There we go. I love it. Love the cocktail. Ash, what's your happiness cocktail? This is what I was going to say initially. Um, Some wine. (laughs) Exactly. My my people, so friends, family are all one, right? Just traveling the world, like shopping here to here with no real plan, but Mm -hmm. just having a great time. Yes. Um, my happiness cocktail, uh, wine, wine and food, food, (laughs) honestly, it brings me so much joy. Um, and the curation and creating of it. So I love cooking. I love being served food and drink, like at a restaurant, like dining out. I love serving. I love hospitality. So it's really the experience of food and drink for me that, goes into my next thing, which would 100% be family and friends. Like, especially over the last few years, the way I used to crave a new destination or a new country to visit, I just crave going home. I just crave going to Toledo, probably because I don't live there. I don't know if I live there again. But it's like on my spirit to just be back all the time because of the people mm-hmm. who are there. I love my people so much. And y'all, like, you know, we, we do our group trips. I'm always trying to curate at least one big get together per year. Uh, so family and friends would be the second one. My third one, I would say I'm not good at this. I'm getting better. And that's what this whole show is about is the journey to this, but meditation and um, sort of that bubble of uh, spiritual enlightenment and growth. So, and I don't just mean religion. So I'm not just talking my Christianity. I'm talking sitting with myself, meditating, reflecting, learning to be still and not need to do or say or be anything because that in itself is kind of the goal for my life at this point that if I never did another thing, I am still enough. And I am still on the journey of believing that. I would be lying if I said I didn't still feel the need or desire to do and to accomplish. And I take joy from that. It's my personality type. We'll get into that in another episode. Um, But I want to be okay. I want to be happy to be still. I want to not always feel the need to do more. Mm -hmm. And I'm here for a reason. And that's the reason I'm here. Like, I don't need to do anything else, you know? And it's the same with you, Travasha, and the same with you, Ashley. Like, our lives are blessings. We should be so grateful for them. But we don't need to feel like there's this constant pressure to impress and do with our lives all these. You've only got a short amount of time. You better. You will go into the grave exhausted. (laughs) So I've I've just been trying to dedicate myself more to my meditation practice and, and, you know all my chants and my my chakra aligning. <laughs> okay, Vash, Ashley, thank you so much. Yeah. This was a great yeah. first group right. chat. Right. It was so Thanks good. It went so long Cheers. because how could it yes. not? Okay, I love you guys. Love we'll you. see you in the next love one. You. Thank you. Hi. Hi. Happy. Best. <laughs> I love them so much. Um, you'll get to know the rest of the group chat girls as the show goes on. So stay tuned. In the meantime, I promised you a party trick. The party trick is our sexy, fun, cool, super quick segment where we just give you a little something, something. So this week's party trick, as promised, three happiness hacks that you can apply to your life today. Easy peasy. Here you go. Three happiness hacks. Number one, minding your business (laughs) and biting biting your tongue. Um, It's... 
You just came for my whole life. You just came for everybody's life. Come straight out the gate. Okay, I love it. Yeah, I, I mean, sometimes we hear people say stuff and we just got to jump in and correct them. And I, you know, it's very peaceful to just allow people to be wrong. Yes. Just let them, you, you can say whatever you want. The sky's pink. Okay. <laughs> you know, just, All right. it, you have a good one it feels good to me to not have an argument. That just makes me happy. Yes. <laughs> oh, that might be the best one already already mind your business y'all all right let's just go on about our days yeah number two is remember that people are human beings so as we are on social media as we are looking at things consider the whole person and not just what you see as people we experience so much and we see a cute little picture with two little kids and a little dog and we're not even thinking that the lady probably got pee on the end of her dress or something. You know, we just, right. oh my gosh, this is the, look at this fat. Yes. I got to have this fat. Consider yeah. the whole story. Yep. You know, it's, it's a whole picture behind a picture. So don't get caught up in what you see. Um, gosh, number three, I'm going to go back to gratitude. I think it's so important to remember something to be grateful for. One of the practices that I use is I have a friend and we email each other every day, just one thing we're grateful for. So oh, it helps us stay accountable. I love right. That. Yes. Like, because some days I'll forget and then I see her email and I'm like, ah, got to send yeah, one. Yeah. Let me think right? of something. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's like an accountability partner because it's so important just to remember that things are going well. And sometimes when I'm like in the funk, I go back and look at those and I'm like, girl, like, <laughs> you know, you have to get really creative when you're committed to being grateful because there are so many things that could get you down. And when you just reflect on like, wow, like I remember when this was a thing and now it's not anymore. Just the progress of where you are in life makes me happy. Like, woo, yes, yes. that feels good. Progress feels great. great. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed my very first episode of Hot Happy Mess. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you. Stick around because next episode you don't want to miss. Remember, it's a series. This is the Protect Your P series, okay? So we are talking about obsessive comparison disorder. Because yes, it's a thing. Social media only makes it worse. We also do it in our everyday lives. But I am talking with some amazing experts who are breaking it all down. They're going to crack the code on how you can step out of that and into, you know, more peace and not just acceptance, but celebration for where you are in your life and so much more. So make sure you go ahead and check out episode two. And in the meantime, are you subscribed? Make sure you subscribe. OK, so you don't miss an episode. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a five star review. Put a thing. Leave a comment. Let me know what you liked, what you loved, um, what you'd love to see more of as we continue this this hot, happy mess journey and follow us. We are building an amazing, inclusive, diverse community of just badass women over on social media, especially Instagram right now at hot, happy mess. You can find me, Zuri Hall at Zuri, Z-U-R-I-H-A-L-L. So keep up with us over there in the meantime. That's it for this one. I will talk to you in the next one. Until then, bye. Bye.